Welcome to the Still Training Podcast. These are intended for our still approved dealers and garden centres. If you're a still customer, thank you for listening, but please be aware that this episode may mention training resources and processes not available to the general public. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Still Training Podcast. Welcome listeners to this month's Still GB Training Podcast. This month's episode took a slightly different turn based on what I was planning. I was actually planning on running a technical quiz for our tech trainers, Dougie and Mark, but um, Dougie, Mark and myself just ended up having a chat about some of the technology that still have launched over the years. Um, I enjoyed it, so I thought I would leave it at that. Enjoy. Hello, Dougie. Hello, Mark. <laughs> Hi, Are you all right? Are you okay? Yeah, all good. Right, I, I'm going to start this one. I never thought about this, but this is Mark's last podcast, isn't it, Mark? Potentially. Yeah, potentially, yeah, yeah. Mark's retiring. Mm. 25 years old he is, retiring. <laughs> Only looks about 20. Mm. Whereas Dougie. <laughs> we can bring him back as a guest speaker. Yeah, we can do. Yeah, we yeah. can try that. Okay. Yeah, we'll bring you back as a guest speaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, bring back the good old days. Mm. Yeah. So, thanks for joining us, fellas. Um, this episode is, I thought we'd just sit down and have a chat about various still technologies from a technical perspective. I mean, it's all right, me and my colleagues chatting away about Mtronic and still injection and uh, fuel injection, sorry, and things like that when we're doing product courses, but it'd be good to get an insight of of what it is and what it can do from a technical perspective. Mm -hmm. And you guys are the genii behind that sort of thing. Don't laugh. I'm let out of the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's a big introduction. There you go. Yeah, no no pressure. No (laughs) pressure at all. So uh, you'll just have to excuse the squeaky chairs from time to time, folks. We're in posh chairs today. So start off, I think, with quite a common theme, uh, Mtronic. gets mm-hmm. talked about a lot. I think from the industry industry perspective, uh, people know about it, but maybe don't have a, a, a thorough understanding of what it is and what it does. So does one of you want to take the lead and make a start? See, Dougie's looking at me. <laughs> Mtronic. Um first appeared in about 2006 with the MS280i. I stood for Intelligent Engine Management. Um, <clears throat> and it was a basic car wrestler that used a solenoid valve to control high speed. Okay. So it had a conventional uh, idle speed set screw and idle mixture screw, but a solenoid valve to control Okay. Or replace, I should say, the high-speed screw. Right. Um, what does Mtronic do? What are its benefits? Um, well, to put it bluntly, it's, a, like it's a fuel metering system, isn't a, it? It, really? is a, it is a metering system in, in its purest form, which came in about 2010 uh, with the 441, I think, was the first machine mm. that had been... It was available with a standard carburetor originally, and then, then Mtronic was an option. Yeah. And then we had the MS241, which came as the first wholly Mtronic 
yeah. chainsaw. In in the UK, we're not, in the UK we're, there may is, well yeah, have been yeah. variants of it around the world. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, the difference between a, a standard diaphragm carburetor is that you're, you're basically relying on airflow and somebody to set the set the, to, to tune it um, for the right amount of fuel to enter the enter the airstream to give you right air fuel mix at the combustion. Uh, yeah, so what that meant was that a conventional carburetor relied on somebody who knew what they were doing to get the mixtures correct for idle acceleration and top end speed. Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't run lean or rich or, or whatever. Um, can, can I butt in there just yeah. for the uh, anybody who doesn't have any experience of this because obviously this just isn't even though we call it the still GB trainer podcast mm. you know for dealers but there's non-dealers listening do you want to point out the difference between the adjustment screws and, and what they do uh, well you've got three screws on it on a conventional carburetor there's three screws on this on the side of the carburetor um, one is the LA screw which is German for airflow air or something like that I can't remember the exact LA, what okay, that means, yeah. but anyway, um, the LA people screw, will be googling it. Now, <laughs> you know that, yeah. Yeah. Um, the LA uh, refers to the idle speed, so it's it's a screw that directly acts on the throttle butterfly, and the throttle butterfly governs airflow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when the when the throttle butterfly is pretty much closed, acting against the screw, you have idle speed. Yeah. When the throttle butterfly is fully open, you have maximum speed. Um, so the LA screw governs idle speed. Then you have an L screw, which governs idle mixture. Okay. So the two work together. So you balance the idle mixture with idle speed. Yeah. And then the H screw is high speed mixture screw, and that's particularly important so that the engine is running at its ideal air fuel ratio. Yeah, 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 at full speed. But most modern engines have governors, have electronic yeah. governors now anyway. But yeah. even 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 now, even then, it's still critical. Yeah, to get the mixture correct. Okay, cool. But historically, so, so, historically, top speed was governed by by the fuel load exactly. So yeah, an over rich mixture would keep the speed manageable. Yeah, and for somebody that did not know what they were doing, there was always the potential for seizure. Yep. If it was screwed too far in the other way, if yeah. it was too too small an amount of fuel, yeah. and it became oxygen. Is that what rich. we call too lean? Too yeah. lean, too yeah, lean, lean yeah. seizurely. Yeah, it was yeah. possible to have a lean seizure created by an end user or mm. someone that thought they knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. it's quite quite especially with chainsaws in particular. It's quite easy when the performance drops. It's it's quite a common theme for for end users to start. Um, trying to make adjustments like that when really yeah. the first point to call will probably be your chain. You know, start losing well, performance. Filter. Yeah, well, and yeah. the air filter, yeah, in the past, yeah, because yeah. I've, I've still got some older, old um, 024, old 026 with the traditional filter on before yeah. we got um, the compensator carburetors fitted yeah. and, you know, where you're, you're cleaning the, the air filter off a lot more often than you are nowadays. Hmm. So, yeah, so sorry, I just thought I'd ask that. And no, yeah. the, You're right, I mean, the... It's, it's been sort of said in the past that sort of ideal tuning would involve two people. Hmm. One person to use the saw and the other person to adjust the screws. Yeah. 
under load, yeah, uh, etc. You know, yeah. um, and this is where Mtronic comes in because through the Mtronic system and the solenoid valve, it's automatically adjusting mm. the mixture across the rev range. Yeah, um, so it, it takes out. It, Dare I say interference <laughs> from yeah. third parties? Let's say. Yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. And you know, the, the, there's still the potential for it needing to come into a workshop oh, for maintenance and that. Yeah. But it takes yeah. that 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 gap in between of that where maybe the user is a little bit unsure as to where the other Mtronic does all that work for them. So yeah. any potential issues where they might have started yeah. fiddling around and adjusting the screws is is completely removed, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And just winding the clock back 30 seconds there, Lee, you also mentioned the term compensator, yeah. which was a, a big improvement moving forward and it automatically adjusted the fuel availability on the high circuit screw. So all of a sudden there was not the real necessity because the, the fuel and oxygen balance never really got that far apart. Right. The compensator system. So it, 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 affected the pressure on the control side of the carburetor, this compensator, because all of a sudden we had a connection that was no longer exposed to atmospheric pressure. It was it was now an internal connection. So right. the pressure changed as the filter became contaminated. Yeah. So the pressure on the diaphragm became less, less fuel available into an engine uh, in relation to the state of the filter. So it hmm. maintained the fuel and oxygen balance, which is roughly 14.7 to 1. So it took away the need, took away the need for somebody constantly adjusting the carburetor. Right. Right. How do you just well, pull I'm those figures out of your head? Fourteen point seven. Yeah. At sea level. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon if we got you to roll your sleeves up, you'd have it tattooed somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not sure whether it's high or low tide, but anyway. <laughs> Obviously, you go up a mountain and it changes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Doug, you mentioned compensators and pre-compensated carburetors. There was a time when with pre-compensated carburetors there was a temptation, particularly in the higher trade with disc cutters, to um punch a hole in the air filter. Of course that's now if, even I know that defeats the object. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. the air filter got so contaminated so quickly. That yeah. But that now the the air filter systems on current TSs they're actually designed to run with a little bit of contamination, aren't they? To, yeah, sort of yeah. 100, 200 hours even. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the benefits of the Mtronic carb is is that uh, the control of fuel mixture is, 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 done, is done electronically now. Right, okay. Um, a lot quicker than... You basically have a solenoid valve which opens and closes uh, up to 30 times a second. Yeah, that's pretty quick, isn't it? Pretty it's quick, lot, yeah. You know, yeah. and and that rate is variable, um, and the valve is normally open. So if you you apply current to the to the solenoid, it will close the valve. If you don't, yeah. it's open. Um, and obviously at high speed, then the valve is open a lot longer or yeah. for more often than it would be at idle. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and and through this valve and through. Um, the ignition system, which knows how fast the engine's running and and, and can run onboard diagnostics effectively. So the opening and close sequence can be altered for talking about compensator and altitude. Mm. Um, it can not measure the altitude pressures as such, but it, it knows 
um, uh, it, it knows what the altitude is effectively by yeah. air pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's different flow, I should say. With the solenoid valves, there's a couple of different types or colours, isn't there, to keep your your eye out for, depending is, on the model of machine. Roughly well. speaking, there are, there are colour codes associated with the solenoid valves. To get a real accurate replacement, I would always recommend a serial number search. Uh, yeah just to get a like-for-like like replacement, that's for sure. Yeah. The early solenoid valves, black in colour across yeah. the board, and they had polymer mating faces, and we discovered, or the R&D guys discovered, that through very, very fine dust ingression, even coming through the fuel filter, coming through the gauze and the fuel pump, finding its way onto the ceiling faces of the solenoid valve. We were getting embedment and embedded in the faces and no longer sealing properly. So mm. they no longer had a closed duration like they should have. Yeah. Mm. The progression from that was <clears throat> changing the software in the ignition modules. And all of a sudden we saw a white solenoid valve coming into production machines. Yeah. Meanwhile, the replacement for the black solenoid valve turned out to be a green solenoid valve. Yeah. But that's a rough rule of thumb. Uh, definitely serial number search when it comes to replacement. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, it's more of a problem with chainsaws. Yes. Um, brush cutters, clearing saws didn't seem to suffer the problem as much as as they did because, you know, when you you know, on a forest floor or wherever it is you're working, there's there's more tendency for very fine sawdust to get mm. into the fuel, whereas on a mowing a large area of grass. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be uh, the next thing to mention. Yeah. We we do keep referring to chainsaws, but you know, there's yeah. obviously Antronic um, uh, clearing source. It's like at the at the moment the FS three six ones to five six ones, isn't it? In that series of clearing saws, heavier duty brush cutters. Yeah, yeah. What we didn't discover with brush cutters was uh, especially people removing oh, cut-off yeah. knives, um, blade guards, mm. uh, head guards and stuff like yeah. that, and looking to run long lines on the yeah. machines, which is it's a common practice out there in the field. It's certainly not one that we would recommend. No, no. For machine preservation and self-preservation, third-party damage, stuff yeah. like that. However... Yeah. The Mtronic system did react to that, <clears throat> and all of a sudden it was no longer achieving high speed temperature surge. Mm. Mtronic system detected this, pour in more fuel, try and keep the engine safe, and the net result was there was that much fuel going in, it could not cope with the fuel, it could not yeah. combust the fuel it was receiving. And yeah. net result was we were seeing blocked up exhaust ports. Yeah. Mm. But, that, but then, again, it's, it's something that I'm quite passionate about when I... I speak with professional end users and the, and the potential issues that come about extending your line, removing your guards. And these machines, you know, we've been doing this for over 90 years now, haven't we? Other guys in Germany haven't. Mm. And uh, there's a reason why machines are made in a certain way for yep. certain parameters with gearing ratios, etc. And that's to get the best out of the cutting attachment and the line. And there's only so much the line can take. There's only so much the cutting attachment can take. When you reach that that boundary, that's when you need to start looking at metal blades and different mm. types of cutting yep. attachments. And it's, I, I don't actually see it quite as often as I used to. Um, whether that's the the implementation of of the new style guards, we had the guards with the black strip. Yep. The people used to remove the black strip and extend the line out beyond that. But now I don't see it quite as often as as I did. You know, and I know it is still a thing. I think it's something that. 
as trainers, we never miss an opportunity to yeah. hit to hit home the, yeah. the the folly of running long lines and the damage it can do to a machine. Yeah, uh, but also the operator had an interesting couple of little video yeah. snips where we deliberately, in a managed environment, I might have to say, people, um, we took the guard off and uh, ran the line at the appropriate length and measured the engine RPM. Then we extended the line by, I think it was maybe inch, inch and a quarter, and then measured the engine RPM again. And we videoed this um, and recorded it. And the, it, there's a massive difference in in what the engine are, where the engine RPM can get to when you've extended the yeah. line, and that in turn, you know, results in a machine, not, not just a steel machine, any any mm. any strimmer, petrol strimmer, really, it affects it and and it increases the vibration load because you're in that that mid range area where you you're hitting the peaks of the the the, the vibrations. There's another, the machine vibration. <clears throat> there's another aspect to that, and that is that you have a centrifugal clutch. Yes, yep. And the centrifugal clutch relies on RPM to grip. Mm-hmm. So if you load the head down to the point where the engine is slowing down, so the centrifugal grip is reducing, mm. you then start getting clutch slip. Yeah, yep. And and I, might, can, I might add that this isn't just something for, for steel machines. This is bush cutters in general. Board, that, really, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's across the board, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, yeah. it's... Something that you know we we talk about quite a bit, like I say, but the yeah, the, and in turn, you know, it can have different effects right the way through the drive chain, can't it? Really, yeah, right the way right. through from the head all the way through to the operator. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. What might be interesting at some point in the future, when we're conducting any of these tests, would be actually to take a to take a thermometer with us, an infrared thermometer, mm. and just take a temperature reading when it's running at normal speed mm. and a temperature reading when it's running extended lines and, yeah, yeah. and uh, vibration levels increased, engines mm. running slower, temperature will be surging. Yeah. Well, so it's, even down to the head, the heads get warmer, don't they? Yeah. yeah they know, do. Things like that, yeah. It has yeah. a knock-on effect. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, things like, you know, lime weld, which is a common thing with all brush cutters, even from domestic through to professional. You know, increase in, in line, but yeah, that's like I keep referred to before. It uh, there's reasons why these machines are made how they are, and they mm. run to a measured uh, line length. So yeah, cool. Okay, right. That's Mtronic. Next up, I think we'll have a chat about fuel injection. So Dougie, Mark came up with the dates for Mtronic. <laughs> Can you come up with the dates for fuel injection? Two thousand eleven. 11, 2012, roughly. Mm. Mark and myself, we attended the pre-launch presentation of these machines in France. <coughs> and it was an interesting concept from the very beginning, wasn't it? Was. It? it was to have the... It was a TS500 too, wasn't it? TS500, yeah. Well, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I could have given the days because it was the year <laughs> I started. <laughs> so, yeah. It was the TS500, the 14-inch wheel. Yeah. Uh, and what impressed me was the torque. The torque it was of unbelievable. The torque of the machines over a yeah. broader. Unbelievable. You could not stop the wheel. And it was over a broader RPM range yeah. than it was with the TS410 and yeah. oblique TS420. Yeah. yeah. But also strange things that you pick up when, you, when you're used to using a TS410 or similar machine. Yeah. Pick it up the the gyros the reduced gyroscopic effect on on that machine you know where the machine twists in your hand when yep. on acceleration mm. so you can make it more precise cuts and things like that from a you know because I'm looking at it from a product perspective and using it the, the differences in that 
uh, how you can just use the machine as well were, were massive. Yeah, well sold on that. And then we had the 480i, didn't we? It, didn't we, sorry, the 480i. Well, actually came along about, what, two or three years later? Two or three years yeah. later, same power unit as the 500. So that was even more impressive, wasn't yeah, it? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And of it's course, the other, the, the other big benefit to the, both of these machines is the vibration levels. Yeah. Having no flywheel with weights, external weights on them, yeah. having yeah. an internal magnetic ring, uh, there's no need for external weights, there's no need for a counterbalance, so yeah. there's less oscillating mass yeah. creating the vibration figures. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it contains it, some an, very impressive An electronic flywheel has two two magnets, doesn't it? it? Does, you know, traditionally, we'd have yeah. one magnet and a counterbalance. Yep. With yeah. electronic, we have two magnets at opposite. Uh, yeah, one to provide spark and one and the combined magnets would would, gen, would, would um, generate power to run. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's need, need, it need, yeah. needs more juice, doesn't it, to do what yeah. it needs to yeah, do yeah, to yeah. do yeah. both to provide both elements. Yeah, mm. and then with the so we've got a single magnet and a counterbalance, two magnets um, with Mtronic, and then with the fuel injection system. A complete ring of magnets. So yeah. there's there's yeah. there's really no break in the in the in the in the field, is there? You know, it's not no. nice and smooth. And and that that also again from an operator's perspective shows up on the, in the significantly reduced uh, vibration figures. So I think yeah. we're like forty four percent from memory. Where did that? I've probably got that tattooed somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think it was forty four percent reduction in in hand arm vibration uh, yeah. levels compared to a TS four ten, which is massive. One of the machines produces two point five meters, another one produces two point two. Yeah. So off the top of my head, I actually think that the five hundred has got the lesser figure of the two. Well okay. we're putting pressure on each other. I could again, be wrong with that statement. Yeah. To get a catalogue and have a look. I'll <laughs> get a catalogue. Maybe yeah. we should clarify that point. Yeah, let's just uh Right, Dougie, we've got the figures here. We've got the 500i is listed as 2.4 and 2 metres per second squared, and the 480i is 2.2 and 2.2. So, mm. yeah. So pretty close. Yeah. And they're 12 and 14-inch discs, respectively. Yep. You know, the, the yeah, 480i yeah. is 12-inch, the 500i is 14-inch. All that aside, how does it work? What does it do? Come on. Well, at the end of the day, we've got the two-stroke element going on in there. So mm -hmm. it is underneath all the gizmos and gadgets. We do have the beating heart of a good old two-stroke engine yep. with very few moving parts. So yep. that has got to be right for a start. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we've already mentioned the fact it's got a generator. Now, the generator also contains a position sensor for the crankshaft. So it tells the ECU what position the crankshaft's in, what position the piston's in with relation to fuel and spark. It is full ECU control, so there is a, an onboard engine control unit. Yep. And we have certain items feeding information into the ECU, the generator, of course, being one of them. It energizes the ECU. Uh, in the crank cases, there is also a pressure and temperature sensor. Mm -hmm. So that's very important when it comes to comes to combusting, combusting the fuel and how it ignites. And will that again have a will that have a uh, an impact on warm and cold starting as well? And, Absolutely. and fuel, fuel yep. and air volumes and things yeah, like that yeah, to control yeah. that. Yeah. The ECU itself also has a 
has an OTS, doesn't it? It has an outside temperature sensor. Uh, certainly doesn't the MS five hundred. Because it, it yeah. does give a reading. Well, the, the five the MS five hundred I does give a reading on the switch. However, yeah. on MDG one, the we've got the, the reading comes up with a and in it the comes up with a module reading. So it's given it's given you an outside temperature. Yeah, three uh, five hundred. MS five hundred R's got three temperature sensors. Yeah. Think about it; it's two on the yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's one within the module and one within the crankcase. Okay, right. But it it's, it it sounds complicated, really. But it's mm. there's just a couple of elements, a couple of bullet points to it, isn't it? And they all work in tandem. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so um, and again, still the interesting thing about it is still use the the same uh, air filter from a yeah. four ten. You know, same as the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so from that perspective, there's, there's, there's no change. But um, so that there's no carburetor, uh, carburetor on no. on the fuel injection machines, are there? So there's two sides to the ECU. Lee. There's a what we call a feeder side, and there's on the bottom section of the ECU. There's certain items that the ECU controls. So feeding into the ECU is obviously the switch. Uh, we have the pressure sensor generator generator and we have an aqua feature so we have an electronic aqua feature where we can suppress the dust yeah for yeah so, so basically limiting and controlling the water yeah. precisely to, dependent on your application absolutely. to reduce dust yeah. Yeah. on the, so the the ecu takes in that information deciphers it breaks it down and on the other side of the ecu we have the injector which is injecting fuel into the crank cases okay uh, lubricates obviously the moving parts in the bottom end, comes through the transfer ports, meets the inrush in oxygen, atomizes, and then it's ignited. So the ECU is also a source of ignition, okay, as well as the opening, opening and closing duration on the injector. And it also controls the solenoid valve in the aqua feature. Right, so okay. increasing, decreasing the opening duration for dust suppression, depending on the material being cut. Okay. So it's a very clever machine. Yeah. Busy little thing, isn't it? It is yeah. indeed. It is yeah. indeed. Cool. Very good. And so that that was on the um, obviously the four eight Ti and the the TS five hundred I, and then we've obviously brought it into the folding chainsaws with the MS five hundred I, which was a bit of or is a bit of an industry changer, isn't it? it? Seems seems like it's been around a while now, but it's still still exciting people, and yeah, there's still still a lot of people out there haven't haven't tried it. We recommend that they should because it's <laughs> it's. Like I say, it's it's, yeah. it's a game changer. Yeah. It's impressive to use. Mm. Yeah. As is the 480, the MS500. They really are both yeah. impressive pieces of equipment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the MS500i in particular, I don't know whether it's appropriate to say this, but if there's ever a, a chainsaw that pick up and when you're using it, it makes you giggle and smile, and that's the one, isn't it? You know, so, yeah. Mm. Cool. All right, gents. Well, I think that's enough for now. Um, I'm sure at some point we'll ask... Uh, Mr. Mark back for a as a as a, a guest uh, guest speaker mm. and Dougie will be having to put up with me for the foreseeable future. But uh, no, thanks very much for your time, gents. Okay, cheers. Pleasure. Thanks, Lee. It's always a pleasure chatting with Mark and Dougie. That was a really cool insight into some of the technologies still have implemented over the years to keep us at the forefront of product development. 
The benefits of fuel injection technology give us massive boosts in machine performance, but there's also the benefits of simple operation. There's no carb, instead we have a fuel pump, so the need for full choke, half choke, cold and warm starts is a thing of the past. And don't forget those reduced vibration levels. Mtronic is a fully electronic engine management system which regulates the ignition timing and fuel metering. Mtronic manages external temperatures and fuel quality amongst other things to achieve constant optimum engine speed. We do have a carb with Mtronic products, but they are fitted with a solenoid valve for precise fuel metering. And we mentioned a slightly older development, but still very relevant, the compensator carb, which keeps a constant air-fuel mixture even when the air filter becomes increasingly contaminated through use. I'm going to wrap up now by saying what a pleasure it has been working with Mark over the years. He's an encyclopedia of still knowledge and I will miss him massively. From myself and all my colleagues at Still GB and around the world, we wish Mark a very long and a very happy retirement. Cheers Mark. All information was correct at the time of recording. For more episodes, training videos, e-learning courses and more, please visit academy.steel.com. If you have a topic you'd like to hear on a future episode, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know by emailing learning at steel.co.uk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>